Hello and thank you for listening to episode 148 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is a regular soundcheck show. I know, I know, you're probably close to fainting because it's been so long since we've done one of these. In fact, it was May 2018, the last time that we released a regular soundcheck show. We have to go all the way back to June 2017 to the last regular soundcheck show that I did. And these are the shows, of course, that kicked off the the soundcheck brand, if you will. He says, waving his fingers in the air, doing air quotes. Uh, because they're so easy to do that any member of the 60 Minutes With team could just quickly jump onto the computer, have a chat about an album that they really love, hopefully get people to go, oh, I've not heard of that before and I'll buy it. Or, you know, just a nice bit of nostalgia for people that were familiar with that album and to, and to revisit it that way. And because of those, we then, well, I then started doing interview shows with bands and artists. And then we, you know, we got sent uh, the very pleased and grateful to be sent uh, advanced copies of albums and feature different bands on the sound check em out shows and they've gone down great guns and because of the interview shows and the sound check em out shows i've been so busy doing those that i've neglected doing a regular sound check show so today as i record it is thursday the 31st of january 2019 and there is a significance of why i thought you know what today's the day to record this show. Today's the day to choose this band. There is reasons as well for the album that I've picked and all of those we'll get through as we go through this episode. So let's begin, of course, at the best place to begin, the beginning and have a little bit of history. There you go. I had to say it. It's out of the way now. You're fine. Uh, so my history, my history with Kiss dates back to 1979 when, as a 14-year-old at school, a good friend of mine brought Dynasty in, or Dynasty, to those of you listening in America, and I was transfixed by the album cover. I remember just staring at it for ages and thinking, this is four superheroes. <laughs> These are not human. Oh my God, I cannot wait to get home and listen to it. So off I trotted after school, went home, did the usual thing, my... Uh, Routine for the first listen of a new album whenever I got it was go into the back room of the house Put the vinyl onto the deck plug those big headphones in sit down on a chair close my eyes and listen Now I put side two on first so the first kiss song I ever listened to was charisma I wasn't expecting the music that came out. I just 1979 was the year that I got into rock music and then, because the first band I was into, and I've said this across other shows, but for those that haven't listened to them, uh, the first band that I got really into was ABBA. Yes, ABBA, from when they won the Eurovision Song Contest. And then the next band I got into, the big time, was ELO. And it was the guitar riff of Mama Bell for, from ELO that got me into rock music. So by now I'm discovering, you know, like Judas Priest and Scorpions and... Oh, all sorts of rock music's, you know, coming in. 79 was the big year. So then this Kiss album appears, and I'm looking at the cover, and looking at these four faces, and again thinking, superheroes. I was expecting something, as were probably members of the Kiss army at the time, much heavier than what came out. Now, it does, I think, unfairly get pigeonholed as the disco album. But there's some good rock songs on there. I don't think it is a disco album as such. So I listened to that. I loved it. I loved it so much that the next day 
I immediately went out, went to the record store, because that's what you had to do back then. <laughs> you had to walk to the record store. And I got no idea about the band. There was obviously no internet. Uh, my music news came through reading sounds. So that was the music paper over here in the UK. Until, of course, Kerrang! started coming out in 81, I believe, Kerrang! came out. Yeah, the year that The Elder was released. So I'd walk down to the record store and flick. Oh, the joy! The joy of walking to a record store and flicking through the covers. And you'd buy, you would buy an album based on the cover. That's a good cover. I'm going to buy that. Knowing nothing about what the music was like. And yes, you had to pay for it as well. Let me get my old man digging. Like, having walked miles into town and having no idea what was there because you couldn't lug it up, then you had to pay for it. You just couldn't click and download. So I went to the Kiss section and lo and behold, there were many albums. I didn't know, of course. I didn't know anything about the band, where they were in the career, how many albums they'd released. So, based on the cover, and it is still my favourite Kiss album cover, and one of my favourite covers of all time, I bought Love Gun. Wow, what a difference from Dynasty to Love Gun. The third album I bought was the Gene Simmons solo album. And again, oh my God, this is so different again. I love with the first two um, band albums with Dynasty and Love Gun, that all four band members were singing on it. That, that was like a really big thing for me. All four had got their own image. It was, and they've said, the band have said it themselves, like with the Beatles, you know, you pick your favourites. Uh, Gene immediately was my favourite. I think he was with a lot of uh, young male kids to begin with, because he was sort of the, the face of the band. He wasn't the voice of the band, but he was the face of the band. And I was hugged. My pocket money just went on buying Kiss albums. And I loved that every time I bought a Kiss album, it was so different to the other ones that I'd bought. Following year, 1980, Unmasked comes out. It's different again. It's this pop album. And I was so gutted that I missed out on the Unmasked tour because there was no bloody internet. We couldn't find anything out yet to wait. wait. Um, I think Sounds was every two weeks. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was every two weeks. And so I remember going into school one day and one of the lads in my class proudly informing me that he was going to see Kiss tonight on the Unmasked tour. I'd got no idea they were even in the UK. I was gutted. I was. It hurts now. It still hurts now, all these years later, that I missed them on the Unmasked tour. Um, I never made that mistake again. I've never missed them on a UK tour since then, but it still hurts. And then we're getting into 1981. And I remember the review for The Elder, or music from The Elder, to give it its full title, because there were plans for it to be a movie. There were so many big plans for this album. And it flopped big time. But I remember sounds coming out and the quote that sticks in my head is if you thought i was made for loving you was off the wall which is a song of dynasty wait until you get a load of this <laughs> i was thinking what on earth is this album going to be like you know if it's so different you know i was made for loving you was such a a, a step away from traditional kiss uh what's this going to be like so the album comes out uh, I couldn't get down to the record store on the first day. I cannot remember why. It must have been something really important because um, 
whenever a Kiss album was released. I mean, the guy that owned the record store, he knew when I walked in, if there was a new Kiss album out, if there was a new Kiss single out, he'd put it to one side. When a Kiss single came out, he'd put the 12-inch version, the 7-inch version, the uh, picture disc version, he'd put them all to one side because he knew I would buy them. So music from The Elder comes out and uh, my friend Chris has bought it, but he lives miles away. So me and my good friend Ike, we're at, uh, we're at my mum and dad's and we phone Chris up <laughs> and he answers the phone because then he runs upstairs because this is landlines. This is a time. Sounds like, oh my God, sounds like everything was black and white back then. <laughs> Wasn't that long ago, surely. There was, there were no mobile phones. So, well, at least not for it. There may have been, you know, for super rich people somewhere, but for the general public, there was no mobile phones. So he phoned his landline and he ran upstairs because the phone was at the bottom of the stairs in the hall of his mum and dad's house. And he ran along the corridor upstairs and he'd got the elder ready on his record player. And he turned his record player up as loud as it could go. And he dropped the needle on track one, side one. And then he ran down the stairs and he picked up the handset of the phone and he held it as high as he could up the stairs. <laughs> and we listened to the elder, <laughs> like through a tinny phone line. That is the first time I heard the elder. And the first song that I heard of it is what I'm going to play for you now. It's called The Oath and it is a rock song. Now, originally it wasn't going to be the first song on the album uh, it, it is on um, well everywhere but it wasn't on the Japanese version the Jap Japanese version of The Elder has the proper soundtrack listing of it and uh, this was changed because they wanted to focus on what were going to be the singles from the album they put that the first side of side one the first side of side two and it would have originally started and those of you that are familiar with Kiss and the Elder will of course know this story anyway but imagine starting an album with fanfare just a boy and Odyssey you can see really why the record labels flipped a little bit because it's not the most rock starts to an album whereas the oath is so for your pleasure and not through a tinny little <laughs> phone speaker here is the first song that I heard from music from the Elder and it is the oath
There we are, The Oath. Good rock song. A little bit of falsetto by Paul, who does quite a lot of falsetto on this album. Uh, I did mention before that I'm recording this on the 31st of January, um, because tonight is the first date of Kiss's End of the Road tour. And again, there's probably people out there that go, well, they did the farewell tour before, and, you know, is this the last tour, and so on. I genuinely think it is the last tour. I don't think it'll be the last ever live date. I think once the tour is finished, they've left the door open for the odd live date here and there. Uh, And as always in the world of Kiss, as I record, there's a lot of shit going on, for want of a better word. With Ace Fraley going on at Gene because Gene's flapped his gun guns. Hopefully not his guns. We don't want Gene firing any guns anywhere. Don't let Gene loose with guns is uh, is top tip of this episode. Flapping his gums and uh, annoying Ace. And this has been ongoing for years, as it has been with the Kiss Army. The Kiss Army is so fractured these days. It was all for one. Uh, not anymore. There's the original. Those that just it's the original band or nothing. There's those that are just for the makeup years, that are those for this lineup. I, for one, don't care who's in the band. I would love it to be the original, don't get me wrong. But they just can't put on the show that they used to do. And again, you could argue that Kiss in general can't put on the show they used to do. No, they can't. But I think this, as a working band and professional and showing up on time and them just getting on with each other. I mean, this is Kiss. Bands change especially over the years that KISS have been going, bands change. I'm just so happy that here I am from seeing them, well, from listening to them in 1979. It's 40 years, holy shit. 40 years later that, well, unfortunately there's no new music coming out from them. They have sort of been a tribute band to themselves for quite a while, but I'm going to see them live again. I've got tickets for in May to see them in Birmingham, London and Manchester, which will take it to 31 times seeing them live. 31 times where no matter what year it's been, no matter what tour it's been, no matter what lineup of the band it has been, for 31 times I have walked in to an arena or a theatre, as it was back in the animalised days, because their fortunes have fluctuated somewhat. Every time I've walked through those doors, I have turned into that 14-year-old boy who first held Dynasty in his hands. And it still has that effect. So, to be 40 years later and still to do that, if you'd have told me that when I was 14, <laughs> that you're going, well, you're 54 soon and you're going to see them again, I would have not believed you. So let's just let's just all the Kiss Army give each other a big hug for God's sake that this they're still going and this is a farewell tour because you're going to miss them when they're gone. If you're a really big Kiss fan, you're going to miss them when they're gone. Right, back to the Elder. So after the fortunes or lack thereof of Dynasty um, and especially Unmasked, they brought in Bob Ezrin to produce. Bob Ezrin had produced Destroyer. Which is, it's it's known, a lot of people, a lot, lot of people say, well, that's Kiss's best album. Kiss themselves have said it's the best album. Kiss, whenever an album was released, especially during the 80s, this is our best album since Destroyer. <laughs> or even occasionally, this is better than Destroyer. I like Destroyer. It is far from being my favourite Kiss album. So they brought in Bob Ezrin, thinking they were on safe ground, not knowing that Bob Ezrin 
would be off his tits <laughs> on drugs. Um, and he went with a short story that Jean had written called The Elder. And then Fresh, well, recently Fresh, from producing Pink Floyd's The Wall, thought, Bob Ezrin thought, let's do a concept album. Now, there's been good concept albums and there's been bad. Of course, it is all about the songs. And I'm going to put it out there now, and it'd be no surprise to people that have heard me before. The Elder is my favourite Kiss album. And I've left it until now to say this, because if I'd started the show off and said it, there would be a lot of Kiss fans out there that would have just turned it off. And gone, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The Elder is his favourite Kiss album. And it's because of some of the things that I've already mentioned. It's because it is so different. It annoys me when... When people go, that's not a Kiss album. To me, because of listening to Dynasty and then Love Gun and then the Gene Solo album and then Amassed and other ones and then this hitting, Kiss for me, from a very young age, was all about every album being so different. And then going when I got into them as well, even the lineup being different, the lineup changed so many times in those first few years of me being a Kiss fan that it was the norm. So for me, there is no such thing as your typical Kiss album. Because let's get it right. <laughs> all of the members of Kiss rarely play on all of the album anyway. So depending how deep you want to dive, there's not many Kiss albums. You know, if you're going to dig down to, well, did Kiss play on it? So I love The Elder. I really love The Elder. It is by far my most played Kiss album. It's my go-to. If I haven't heard Kiss for a while, I don't know, I just gravitate towards the Elder. And because it's so different, the next song that I'm going to play, we've gone from sort of the, the rock roots of the Oath to something a little bit more different. Here it is. If you've never heard it before, you're going to go, is this really Kiss? Yes, it is. It's Kiss and Under the Rose. <laughs> And the more you change, the more you change. 
Well, that's certainly a bit different, isn't it? I love that song. <laughs> I really do. Uh, there is a fantastic book called Odyssey by Tim McVeigh and Julian Gill. And I would implore anybody that's got any interest in this album at all to buy it. It goes into so much minutiae of the making of this album from the genesis of it until after its release it is such a good book i mean these guys have written really good books anyway i've got i've got a lot of books and julian gill's brilliant the detail he goes into the work he puts into his books is outstanding so you know if you're a kiss fan well if you're a kiss fan i'm sure you've got them already but if you're just a passing kiss fan of which i don't think the many it seems to be with with kiss fans are quite <laughs> You either love them or you hate them. <laughs> Seems to be from, from my point of view. And I don't get how, if you follow somebody on social media, let's say Paul Stanley on Instagram, and there's people that follow him, and all they do is go, oh, you're shit. Oh, well, that's the, oh, this, this, why are you doing this to, oh, that costume's crap. And that, that, why? Why follow people who all you're going to do is just put negative shit about them? I just follow people that I really like and want to see what they're doing. I don't get that. Anyway, that's more old man talk, so I'll, I will move on. Uh, what, another reason that The Elder is so dear to me is it's the first time that I ever saw them move, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. So I'd been a fan for a shade over two years now because The Elder was released in November of 81. So I've been a fan for over two years. I've never seen them live. All I've seen is photographs in magazines and album covers. That's it. Then one fateful morning, <laughs> I was upstairs in my bedroom. And I hear a shout from my dad. Dave, Dave, get downstairs, get downstairs, quick, 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 quick. Run downstairs. And there was a programme on British TV. Saturday morning, BBC One, Swap Shop. The competing show on ITV was Tiz Was, and that was the more sort of bawdy one where all of the men liked the female presenter. <laughs> Dad's watched it because of that. The swap Shop was more, uh, a bit more sedate, and people, as the name implies, people phoned up and swapped board games and all sorts of crap. I've, you know, I've got a pair of Wellingtons and I want to swap it for a packet of cucumbers. I did, you know, it was weird shit like that. Why? Now, why to this day, I don't know why my dad had Swap Shop on the television that particular Saturday morning. But I'm so glad he did, because there on the screen was Gene Simmons in close-up, singing A World Without Heroes, which is the song that I'm going to close this show with. I was transfixed. I was transfixed. And there's that tear rolled down his eye at the end. Oh, my God. The demon cries. Is he is he human? Is this because there's be some humanity in him? It was incredible. And again, it sounds weird now in this day and age when you can just watch anything wherever you are. You could be in the hills of somewhere and you click a button on your smartphone and you can watch whatever you want. This was such a thrill. And my dad, may he yeah, forever rest in peace. He had the wherewithal to when he saw Kiss on screen. The very first thing he did, obviously, was shout me. The second thing that he did, mere seconds later, he pressed two big buttons on the VHS player, play and record. Luckily, there was a blank tape in there. And it was recording. I could watch it again. 
and again and again, of which I did so many times. He'd missed out about the first 30 seconds or so because it must have taken that time for it, it to compute. It was Kiss on the television. I've got to shout Dave. I need to press record. Oh, I watched that so many times. And so again, this is why it's got a special place in my heart because it was the first time I saw them on screen. I could see them move. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And there we are. Like I say, if you want to know more, if you want to know more of the details, please buy Odyssey, the book um, by Tim McFate and Julian Gill. There is so much to talk about with this album. There's so much to talk about with the band. But as I said earlier, here I am closing in on 54. That's fucking scary. 40 years after gripping Dynasty. And I can still, I can still picture that first time that I looked at it. And I am so looking forward to three more times this year of turning into a 14-year-old kid again and screaming at Kess. And Tina will tell you, he never sings. He never does this. But whenever I go to a Kiss concert, yes, that's it. I sing along to the songs. I'm, oh, the, the, I'm, I'm sat here with goosebumps because when the, the big Kiss logo on that sheet as you walk into the arena and you're waiting, you're just waiting for that sheet to drop. And then World War Three begins on stage. I hope the stage show is so good. This end of the road tour, they've been bigging it up. All they've been talking about is the stage show. Please, please don't let it be just a shitload of screens. I would love it to be a little bit old school. Let's go with some practical stuff. The Love Gun tour with those steps. Oh my God. I'm going to find out soon because I don't have to phone anybody up anymore to listen to an album. I don't have to wait for the odd chance that it might appear and for my dad to press play and record on a VHS player. I can get up tomorrow morning. I can look on my phone or television or any device, go to YouTube and there'll be people that have filmed it. And I can see a little taste of what the stage shows like a little taste of what's to come for me in May. And I can not wait. Our website, of course, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Everything is on there, including a contact us form where you can email us or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram, both at 60 Minutes With. All of those, of course, are the numerical 16, not the alphabetical one. And the latest thing to go on our Instagram I uh, have been weird and wonderful VHS covers. I've dug out a load of <laughs> amazing action films with incredible covers on them. So if you'd like to see stuff like that, or pictures of, of podcast mascot Bodhi, who's just had his hair cut and looking very cute. So follow stuff like that. The Twitter, of course, keeps you up to date with little snippets of news and competitions. We've just finished our first competition of the year. So it pays to uh, bookmark the website and follow us, follow us on both of those. So like I said earlier, KISS fans everywhere, just enjoy this last bit of the ride. Because like most rides, good, bad, whatever, they all end. And once it ends, that's it. You can't experience this again. So I'm going to make the most of being 14. I hope you do too. And here we are with the final song of the show. Please email us or tweet us and let me know what you thought about this return of our regular soundcheck shows. And it, like I said before, don't worry, there are more 
interview shows, more soundcheck amount shows incoming, and there are more regular soundcheck shows incoming by other members of the 60 Minutes with Team 2. So sit back and get ready, because the demon's going to cry at the end of this. It's a world without heroes. It's no place for me 